Welcome to Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom. This is the podcast where I interview folks who see the wrong in the world and are driven to make it right. Today's guest had a fairly normal life plan before a few chance occurrences set him on a path to revitalize a struggling Pennsylvania town and in turn begin a burgeoning political career in which he champions equitable outcomes and criminal legal system reform. I do not believe in perpetual punishment for the vast majority of charges, convictions, and other things. Because it's not making us any safer. It's not making us any more just. It's only wasting our resources. It's not in anyone's best interest to have people that shouldn't be dying in prison, dying in prison. That's just not justice. And it's not even smart on crime. His larger-than-life personality and common-sense politics may one day bring him to the United States Senate. Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, right now on Righteous Convictions. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome back to Righteous Convictions. This is the show where I have the privilege, honor, joy, whatever it is, of interviewing some of the people I most admire, people who are making profound changes happen for no reason other than that because it's the right thing to do and because they can. And I can think of no better example than the guy I'm about to interview now. He's a larger-than-life guy who's lived a larger-than-life life, and he's got some larger-than-life goals that we're going to talk about now. So, John Fetterman, welcome to Righteous Convictions. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, and, and you're the, uh, Jesus, you're the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Not bad for a kid. <laughs> Grew up from yeah, very yeah. humble beginnings in York, yeah. Pennsylvania. I mean, what a life, man. Tell, so we're, we have yeah. so much to talk about, but we, I, we, got, we can't get there without getting here first. How did you come from such humble beginnings sure. and go on to Harvard Kennedy School of Government, college football, mayor, this, that? Like, what's the story? Sure. Yeah. Uh, for those that, that follow me on social media, this uh, past Labor Day, I posted a picture of my dad holding me in July of 1970, a wedding that was facilitated by my arrival, if you will. <laughs> you know, I was born to two teenage parents that wouldn't have necessarily ended up together. It was more of a, a casual dating situation. And they got married. And my dad was a union grocery worker at the shop right in Reading, Pennsylvania. Went to college part-time, got his degree. We ended up moving and he ended up working in the insurance industry. And, you know, I, I, how I got to where I was at, I, I got very fortunate. You know, my, my parents stayed together and my father was able to uh, 
achieve some level of financial independence from a, a guy that was, you know, working as in, at a grocery store to where I was able to have opportunities and go to college and go to graduate school. And, and I've really made my career about kind of paying that forward, so to speak, because my life trajectory could have gone in a much different direction. And, and a lot of that informed my take on, on the criminal justice system and, and why I try and advocate for a lot of these things, where it's, it's just, it, it's not because I'm so smart. It's not because I'm special. It's not because I'm anything other than, you know, I had the fortune of the random lottery of birth where uh, things worked out. And I just wanted to pay that forward because there's a lot of other people that weren't quite so fortunate. And there are a couple defining moments, uh, I would say, from what I've read about you. And I've been getting to know you this year. It's been great yeah. because we're in lockstep on criminal justice reform. I can mm -hmm. think of no government official at any level in any place across the country who is more simpatico with the cause that I care so deeply about. But you had a couple of profound moments, yeah, right? Your sure. brush with yeah, mortality when your best friend died. And then, of course, your, your experience with big brothers and big sisters. Yeah. And I was finishing up business school and you know, just kind of like going to you know, head out to the real world and wasn't really thinking much about uh, anything else. And then my best friend was killed in a car accident on his way over to my home. You know, I've had People die, but not, nothing so proximate and, and no one so young and so jarring. And it really created a break for me where it's just like, how do, how do you know that tomorrow morning when you wake up, you don't know you have 15 minutes left before you leave uh, the world as we know it. And uh, I wanted something good to come from that. And then that led me to my second kind of fork in the road was uh, I joined Big Brothers and Big Sisters. And the little boy that I was paired with, who was eight years old at the time, his father had, had just died from AIDS, and his mother was in final end stage of AIDS. I, I came to his house in New Haven, and I had never seen anything like that before in my life. I had never seen someone at the end stage. And it was so jarring, and I couldn't reconcile, you know, how did I end up so lucky and this little boy is going to be an AIDS orphan before his next birthday. And I knew at that point, I'm like, look, I don't want to do what I was going to do anymore. So I ended up joining AmeriCorps, placed in Pittsburgh. That's how I ended up in Western Pennsylvania, teaching GED classes and setting up the first computer labs in Pittsburgh's Hill District. So that's how I ended up going on a much different path, those two kind of forks in the road. And a lot of it was just steeped in my, uh, I don't know, the gratitude that, you know, I got lucky. And if I can use my professional career to push for greater equality and more even outcomes, you know, because the outcomes were so divergent here. And that's what I wanted to do. And you, what you did, how you channeled this, these transformative experiences basically reads like a how-to of what we should be doing with the money that we're currently spending on policing and corrections and all this other stuff that we know is the actual opposite of what we should be doing and the actual opposite of public safety. And so just going through it quickly, you launched youth and art programs, created a community center, initiated development of dilapidated buildings. You even purchased a church before it was demolished and a nearby warehouse. This is with your own money, right? Yeah, no, we just set out to create a, a really balanced approach to community revitalization. I ended up in Braddock 20 years ago to teach GED programs and help kids get jobs. And Braddock was a devastated community. It was 75 to 80% black and, you know, one of the most challenged and distressed communities in the state. 
And that's really what I ended up wanting to do. You know, it, politics was never part of it. But then a few years into as a program director, it was really successful and we were cranking. Two of my students were gunned down, killed. And that really summoned me. That was kind of like the third thing that kind of propelled me into running for public office. Because I, I was like, well, geez, I can help a kid get a job or a their GED. And these are noble and important pursuits, but I, I can't make anyone safer or address this. And so I, I ran for mayor and that's how I ended up on this trajectory. And during that time too, it also further informed, you know, my students that the, I want to be clear, they were the only reason why I won that first election is because they registered to vote. The issues that they had and the uneven outcomes, the divergent outcomes that they've experienced in their lives really further re-emphasized to me that we need to make our society more equitable in outcomes. And that's really been at the heart of the criminal justice reform. I, I can't tell you how many young people had some stupid weed charge on their record or some of these other things that just kept holding them back. Or they, they got a driving violation and then they had thousands in fines and you can't get a good job without a driver's license, but you can't get your driver's license because you don't have any money to pay off these stupid fines. And it, it just creates a trap. And uh, that that experience was instrumental in informing me on how the criminal justice system can often punish well beyond you know the original infraction and create a very sticky and toxic situation for people ever getting able to get ahead in life. You dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. So you started off building relationships with the young people of Braddock, Pennsylvania, only to wind up becoming their mayor and oversee the town's revitalization. And eventually you ran for lieutenant governor and won, which brought you and I into close contact. And for those who don't know this, the lieutenant governor in Pennsylvania oversees the pardon and parole board. And of course, I'm, you know, always lobbying on behalf of the wrongfully convicted and the oversentenced. And unfortunately, Pennsylvania seems to have seen some of the very worst in terms of the problems that our system has to offer. From a criminal justice standpoint, yes, we are not where we should be and where we need to be. But we do have some good people in place. Our outgoing Secretary of Corrections, I always quote him, he said that we could reduce our inmate population by a third, not make anyone less safe, and think of the money we would save. That would free up maybe close to a billion dollars to invest in our schools, to invest in the environment, to invest in our infrastructure, you name it. And it wouldn't make anyone less safe. And this is the guy whose job is to make sure that he's running a tight ship in terms of corrections. So we have so much that we could do. But in my role as the Board of Pardons, I realized that it is, I think, one of the most powerful and transformative things available because it's the only mechanism in Pennsylvania that can free you from a past conviction. And that's an enormous power. And I wanted to reinvent this process in Pennsylvania. And I wanted to 
begin to change the conversation on the power of a second chance. And I was lucky enough that my running mate, Governor Wolf, feels as I do. So I have his support in all this. And we set out to transform second chances in Pennsylvania, which is broken down into two parts. The general pardons for crimes that are less than murder. And then there are commutations. Those individuals that were otherwise condemned to die in prison would be given a chance to re-enter society and be free for the remainder of their lives, if granted a commutation. And that's that's where we started when I took office in 2019. I, you know, I first became aware of your work while advocating for a man we both know. Um, and of course, I'm talking about Pedro Reynoso. And we have not yet been successful there. We're going to link to the coverage that I did on his case with now this in the episode bio. But this is a guy, Pedro Reynoso, convicted of a 1991 double murder in Pennsylvania that happened while he was in the Dominican Republic. You can't get around that, right? <laughs> but somehow they did. He had passport stamps, photographic and video evidence of his whereabouts on the day of the crime. A priest was one of his alibi witnesses, yet the sole witness for the state gave her testimony blaming Pedro in exchange for leniency in her own charges testimony, by the way, that she later recanted. The victim's family says it wasn't Pedro. He didn't do it. They've repeatedly pointed to other people as the actual killers, you know, and Pedro, much to his credit, also in his 30 years he spent in prison now, has a literal spotless record. Spotless. You know, you don't graduate from enforcing double murder and not so much as get a single violation in nearly three decades. It's just not compatible based on what you've just explained to your audience is also what he's demonstrated since his conviction. And it's astonishing. And, and also tragically, he also was confronted with cancer. So he had to overcome that. So, you know, I always tell people like people like Pedro didn't get, none of them got away with murder, you know, spending almost 30 years in prison isn't getting away with anything. But as you pointed out, there's ample evidence of his innocence and there's profound evidence of the kind of character that he's displayed as an inmate for the last nearly 30 years. Right. And here's a guy who's going to be deported even after he gets out and, and has no bones with that. He's fine. He wants to go Correct. back. To the, I, I guess, yeah, if I was him, I wouldn't want to stay here either. But really, it, he is the poster child for someone who should be granted clemency on the first go-round with a unanimous vote, rubber stamp, get this guy out of here, let's go. But meanwhile, he still sits behind bars. And I think, in fact, I read that you were the only yes vote at at least one of the times that he came up. Is that, am I wrong? That's true. And I want to emphasize the vote to get someone out, it has to be unanimous. It has to be five to nothing. And if it's four to one, it, it fails, just as if it was zero to five. That's the, how punishing the gauntlet is to get a commutation, unfortunately. And that's in our Constitution now, unfortunately. I, I'm still optimistic that there may be a, a chance. I'm not you know, giving up. I'm lieutenant governor for about another 15 months. And you know, having Pedro get a second chance is something that's very near and dear to me because, again, you know, I fundamentally believe not only is he innocent, but it could also be a situation where it's like, let's err on the side of mercy and compassion and have him be repatriated in his home country. I can think of few things more tragic than an innocent man spending his life in prison for something he didn't commit. I mean, that's anti-victim too, because the, the real perpetrator is still out there. 
And he's far from the only one. I mean, the cases in Pennsylvania, Tony Wright or Terrence Lewis or Walter Ograd or Nick Yaris or Lorenzo Johnson or Eric Riddick and Troy Coleman, of course. Troy Coleman, you and I have spent a lot of time talking about Troy Coleman. You know, he's another one of those guys. Like, it just disturbs me because he was in Atlantic City when the murder happened in Pennsylvania. And it was known by everyone before he was convicted but they went ahead with it anyway because it was expedient. And they just wanted somebody and they got somebody and that was it. And now he's been in for 32 years. He's a highly evolved guy who's a gentle and kind spirit. I love our conversations. I always learn something when I talk to him. And we got to get him the hell out of there. It's 32 years. I mean, it's a lifetime. For, many of our listeners aren't even 32 years old. They can't even imagine. But there he sits as we're talking now. But the good news is, as you said, you have a good governor there who I think has a big heart and a strong interest in justice. And we have you. And we have an attorney general, too. General Shapiro and I have, have clashed at times. But I will say that more than any other attorney general in the history of Pennsylvania, Josh has demonstrated a, a belief in a second chance. So it's my hope that you know he and I can continue to work together and lead the board to getting as many of these folks out as we possibly can. And I know you know Lee and Dennis Horton. But their case is another astonishing one. Yeah, Lee and Dennis Horton, these are two brothers who served yeah. 30 years for crime they didn't commit. Imagine what that did to their family, their mom, their dad. I mean, to lose two kids like that and totally innocent. They were freed, uh, I think it was last year. Yeah, we got them out. And I, I always said that if my career ends and I have done nothing other than to facilitate their release, then I'm like, uh, that anything else after that is just gravy to me. Because there are so many deserving people that should not die in prison in Pennsylvania. And my dream job would be to be able to do that for the rest of my life. Is make sure that those that don't belong in Pennsylvania's prisons are given a second chance. Because it's not making us any safer. It's not making us any more just. It's only wasting our resources. It's keeping these folks that are no longer or may never have been a threat to public safety. And it's about freeing up resources that we could spend on schools or on anything else other than the prison complex. And I want to say about Lee and Dennis, just to give you some insight into these guys' characters, they were the guys in the prison that the guards or the warden would come to, or the commissioner, whoever, and say, we have a fight breaking out, we have a gang situation, and they would go and defuse those situations. They were, they're experts in conflict resolution. They're peaceful beautiful, kind-spirited guys who are now out doing as well as they could possibly be doing on the outside, just like they did on the inside. These are guys who don't have a shred of bitterness, even though they have every right to be as bitter as anyone could ever be, and they inspire all of us. I, I wouldn't have lasted six months under their circumstances, and they endured nearly three decades behind bars for something that they didn't do. And as you point out, they're not bitter. You know, they're two of the finest people I know. And uh, I just want people to understand, this is the kind of people that are being thrown away or being condemned to die in Pennsylvania. I don't know why anybody would want that. That's not justice for anyone. No matter how conservative you are or how progressive you are, it's not in anyone's best interest to have people that shouldn't be dying in prison, dying in prison. That's just, that's just not justice. And it's not even smart on crime. You talk so passionately about this and yeah. about clemency. And 
It's crazy because clemencies, going back to Abraham Lincoln, you know, Lincoln granted clemency to basically almost everybody, right? I mean, yeah. and everybody except the most violent criminals. I agree. And if anyone saw the 2012 movie Lincoln, he's, he's doing just that. He's talking. He's like, what good one more corpse? You know, when he was going to pardon a 16-year-old for desertion, he pardoned him. You know, what what good one more corpse? And that's, I've always had that philosophy. Like, what good one more pine box getting carried out of the prison when it just doesn't serve anyone's interest? You know, like, compassion is always the right side of history, in my opinion. You know, there are dangerous individuals or they've done things that are beyond the pale. But, you know, I always try to tell people, it's like the average person that makes it in front of the board of pardons is just like Morgan Freeman in Shawshank. They did something when they were young that they are deeply ashamed and regretful for. They are not that person they were when they were 19 years old. You know, we had a gentleman who's 52 years, 52 years and an exemplary record. I'm like, how much is enough? You know, is there some psychic value to the world? And having this guy carried out in a pine box, or do we err on the side of mercy and compassion and just say, look, enough is enough. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. I just think pardons and, and clemency is, is the second revolution in criminal justice reform in this country. I do not believe in perpetual punishment for the vast majority of charges, convictions, and other things. I believe in redemption and inculcating second chances and mercy and compassion into our criminal justice system at a level that provides a way forward or a way back for people that may have made bad choices or grew up in environments where it was exceedingly difficult to make anything but bad choices. And that gets back to my origin story where like I got lucky. I, if I'd have grown up in a lot of these circumstances, I wouldn't have ended up any differently. So, you know, th this idea of who are we really condemning to die in prison? It's not compatible with justice. It's not compatible with mercy. It's not compatible with public safety. I don't know what it's compatible with other than just vengeance. And as a society, 
we should not be in the vengeance department. We should be in the public safety department and we should be in the mercy department because ultimately that gets us all to a better place. Right. To quote the great Brian Stevenson, he said, I believe everyone's better than the worst thing they've ever done. And, you know, we have the innocent, that's one side of the coin. And then there's people who may have done things that are could even be abhorrent, but people age out of crime and people do change and they are deserving of a second chance. And in other countries in the Western world, they give them that second chance. And for some reason here, we don't give our own people the same sort of benefit of the doubt or whatever you might call it, uh, even though the overwhelming body of evidence shows that they are no longer a threat to public safety once they're of a certain age. So now, before we get to the final two questions of the show, John, the big news is February 8th of this year, you announced that you're running for the United States Senate. The seat's being vacated by Pat Toomey. I couldn't be happier about that. What do you want people to know about your run for Senate? It's an important and critical race. And if you care about second chances and you care about someone that has a perspective on criminal justice reform that's always been consistent and has always pointed in the side of mercy and injustice, that's the kind of campaign that I'm running on. I know that people like Lee and Dennis exist, and I'm never going to stop pushing to make sure that our criminal justice system reflects the appropriate level of mercy and justice. Also, again, if you're not moved by those two concepts, just the nickels and dimes that we spend on permanently warehousing people and burying them alive, it's a travesty. So, you know, as somebody that's made that the centerpiece, and I got to be honest with you, like if I could design the last 30 years of my life, I would spend it just giving second chances and getting people out. I mean, it's that it means that much to me. But that's just not the way it's structured in Pennsylvania. But I will take that passion and that that enthusiasm and that conviction to the United States Senate if you trust me with your vote. I'm going to. Be very upfront. I maxed out to your campaign. I'm very proud of that. I'm proud to support you and all your work. And for people who want to join me in contributing, we're going to put a link in the bio. JohnFetterman.com. And our campaign just announced yesterday that 71% of our dollars are small dollar donors. They're just folks that say, hey, I, I don't have a lot of money, but I got 25 bucks because I believe in what you believe in. Quickly, a, a, an anecdote. I was at the National Cannabis Convention in Washington, D.C., and a, a woman came up to me and she thanked me and she started crying and I wasn't sure what was going on. And she's like, I just got one of your expedited marijuana pardons. And she's like, I was in dental school at Penn, best dental program in America. And I caught a weed charge and I had to drop out because once you have that charge, you can never get a medical license in Pennsylvania. And she's like, 20 years later, it was the first time in my life that I didn't have to check that box. And, you know, that to me is everything. And that's the kind of things that I have fought for during my time as lieutenant governor. And that's the kind of things that if you believe in that and you've got $25, you know, those are the people that have built this campaign. Or 50. Um, it's John Fetterman, John, uh, F-E-T-T-E-R-M-A-N.com, JohnFetterman.com. Please join me in supporting this great man as he goes to the United States Senate and tries to make our system a little fairer and better for everyone. So now we have two questions that we close the show with each week. So first of all, I'll thank you again for being here. And then I'm going to ask you if you had a magic wand and you could wave it and fix one thing, what would it be? Life without parole in Pennsylvania. We could save billions in revenue long term. We could save thousands of, of lives and, and not make anyone less safe. And also expunge as many permanent records of people that have been living their best lives and have been paying well beyond when they should have for a charge that they caught you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. 
Good answer. And before we go to our closing, make sure you join us next week when we speak with a British attorney who has dedicated his life to spreading legal education and defending justice in the many broken legal systems that have plagued the African continent since colonialism. And that attorney is Alexander McLean. His story and his life's work will leave you in awe. And now back to you, John, for what we call words of wisdom, where I first thank you for being here. And then, of course, I kick back in my chair turn my microphone off and just listen to any words of wisdom you have left that you want to share with our audience. I, uh, I, I, I don't consider myself a person that has wisdom to impart, but uh, I, I would just always say that I've, I've always believed that compassion and mercy is the right side of history. And I've always tried to lead with that, whether as a mayor, whether as that as Lieutenant Governor. And if I'm fortunate enough to be your next United States Senator, uh, take that same perspective to Washington, D.C. So, uh, Jason, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And we're just going to keep it up for the next 15 months and try to get as many deserving and or innocent folks a second chance. Thank you for listening to Righteous Convictions with Jason Plum. I'd like to thank our production team, Connor Hall, Jeff Clyburn, and Kevin Wardis, with research by Lila Robinson. The music in this production was supplied by three-time Oscar-nominated composer Jay Ralph. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Lava for Good. You can also follow me on TikTok and Instagram at It's Jason Flom. Righteous Convictions with Jason Flom is a production of Lava for Good podcast in association with Signal Company Number 1. dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.